We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Football Report. I'm here with Hassan Rahim. Feels like it's been a while, man, since uh, probably before Thanksgiving that I think we were on a show together. So, uh, yeah, it's good to good to be back and see your face. <laughs> yeah, same. Likewise, good to have you back. And it's good to have you in the studio. And for anyone who's watching us live, not messing up the intro or the outro. Hey, there you go. That's well, an we haven't done the outro yet, but still a chance. Um, I mean, I guess let's just jump right in, talk about Chris Godwin catching uh, 15 of 17 targets for 143 yards. Um, you know, this is uh, Antonio Brown, of course, missed this game, but he's been out for a while, so it's not necessarily like we should have expected anything different from Tampa Bay coming into this. But, I mean, you know, 17 targets for Godwin in a game that Gronk was active for in a game where Mike Evans was pretty productive. Um, what do we make of this performance? Yeah, so this is actually good, if only because last week against the Colts in a more competitive game, Godwin was got like almost no work, like five targets, and then Evans got like six targets last week, and they did nothing with it. Like Godwin's been four for 24, Evans went three for 16 on six targets last week. So it's good to see both of them. We knew the regression monster was going to hit or they're going to mean revert. If you want to use another, if you, if you guys are sick of hearing the word regression. Um, and so we saw them both put up pretty hefty totals here today. Um, last week, what, uh, you know, when, when um, Dave and I were discussing this, we both agreed that Leonard Fournette being as efficient as he was last, last week, just taking all the, all the work in the receiving game and the rushing game and just being productive on the ground. Uh, really led to Brady not having to attempt a lot of passes. But this time around, they came out, they threw the football quite a bit. You know, 51 pass attempts, that's pretty serious, right? Gronk got eight targets. Let This this um, bell cow all-around workhorse role for Leonard Fournette is a little uh, tilting to see. Um, but you know what? <laughs> it's um, it, it, The only reason it's tilting is because I don't think he's on any of our redraft teams. I probably have him in a bunch of best balls somewhere just because his price was ridiculously cheap. Um, and yeah, I know a lot of people don't like talking about their best ball teams or whatever, but like, uh, you know, price adjusted, he was a pretty good pick there. So but yeah, you have to focus on the good things about 
the season, right? So best ball is all we have. Best ball is all we have. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, hey, 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 hey. Uh, just to give the listeners an update. We did two Pentagon drafts, and uh, the Pentagon is is uh, Blair, myself, Pete Overzet, Pat Corain, and Ben Gretsch, a.k.a. Ship Chasing. Why do we call ourselves the Pentagon? Because it sounds mean and menacing. And um, to that end, we're actually in the uh, league championship right now for uh, our Pentagon KFF, KFFSC team. We're in a dogfight with... Uh, with uh, Andrew Shelley, uh, he is a ship chasing listener, and we are currently on the uh, we're in the playoffs for our FBG, all five of us, and we are hoping, depending on how tomorrow night goes, we might be playing in the, in, in league finals. And who knows, guys? Maybe maybe the Pentagon goes main next year. So that's the hope. But yeah, best ball maybe all we have uh, for now. But it's also because it's it's the it's the uh, least time intensive format it's genuinely fun um and we're we're a one-stop shop for printing money there anyway yeah. but uh uh but you know all <laughs> those uh all, all that spiel aside you know it didn't come as a surprise that these guys had been revert um you know they they, they they just saw the targets Fournette wasn't as good this this week and they needed their, their help to win uh against the falcons as funny as that might sound <laughs> Gronkowski, you know, four for fifty-eight, two target, uh, two touchdowns um, on eight targets was, was was pretty impressive. No meat left over on the bone. Um, Richard Barrowman saw three targets. Uh, he, he was just added to the active roster. Um, just a little bit about Antonio Brown. We don't know what his status for the team will be because he did fake a uh, COVID vaccination, and that is a, a, a federal offense. Which, <laughs> um, if you're following along at home. Is just another twist in the long drawn out Antonio Brown saga. Um, we don't know if he's going to be part of the team when he returns. The, the team hasn't really said, uh, you know. So this is kind of what we should have expected. Just a little bit of a thinning out, I guess, of 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 the receivers now with now with AB a little bit out of town, probably even out of favor with the team. Um, Blair, I did want to get your thoughts here on Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis. All right, so let me just preface this by saying. Cordell Patterson saw five targets, turned those into three for 18. Mike Davis saw four targets, caught all four for 37 yards. Um, why is Mike Davis still playing? Oh, yeah, good question. Uh, I, You know, we don't have the expected points and FPOE numbers yet but for this week, but I think I'm pretty sure coming into this week, um, Mike Davis hadn't had a game with positive FPOE yet the entire season uh like he's been one of the worst running backs in the league for um you know more than two years well more than a year probably two years uh going back to even carolina but i mean i guess this is good to see if you're if you own mike davis if you were one of those crazy folks who drafted him early but you probably dropped him by now there's <laughs> but there's also no way you could start him. So I'll give you, I'll give you, I, yeah. I have Mike Davis on, on, a, on a couple of like dynasty rosters, right? Just because he happens to be there. I didn't start him today. Yeah, of course not. I saw Boston Scott was going to be active. And I just threw caution to the wind. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I just threw caution to the wind and, 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 and threw Boston Scott out there. I took a zero because I didn't have 
it in me to take another Mike Davis zero. And and these and this is places, <laughs> and, and and this is where I need a running back. Okay, like like um, and because it's dynasty, I was lucky to have guys like Eckler and you know just basically um, you know whoever Rotoviz likes has liked over the years. I'm just lucky they happened to be on my roster because I got him in free agency, right? Madison, all these guys, right? But like. I needed a running back, and I'm not clicking Mike Davis. Hey, Mike Davis worked out last year for me. He's not working out this year. No one wanted to trade for him. That's how you get yeah. left holding the bag, right? I am a bag holder. Um, and even even after this performance, which was you know decent for Mike Davis, you still can't start him because next week it'll be he'll be back doing nothing. Yeah, I mean that's the issue, right? Like, um, there's like a true lack of trust here, right? Like, there's just no way. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you're starting Mike Davis, um, I mean, congratulations against the Buccaneers' you know, be, uh, league best run defense. <laughs> like, like, go get some help, okay? Like, if you actually click start, like, I don't know. I, I want to know how bad your the rest of your running back room is or just how, you know, you used to be kicked in the pants you are because there was just no way I was starting him. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we have a we have a road of his friends and family um, salary cap league, and um, I did not start Mike Davis. I started Miles Gaskin and Najee Harris, and I played T. Y. Hilton instead of um, uh, Mike Davis. I started Dusty T. Y. Hilton outside of a dome in a game where the Colts are heavy favorites instead of playing Mike Davis. Now, um, the question is, after seeing Mike Davis get this kind of workload and be a little bit better than Patterson, are you at all worried about starting Patterson going forward? The hell I am. Yeah. Uh, he's just, I mean, he's a, I mean, I mean, but like, you know, conversely, against the league best run defense, Cordell Patterson was, you know, was, a, was all most of the target, like pretty much a, a workhorse, yeah. 13 for 78. Like he was ripping off massive chunk gains. Like he is a, you know, just a, he's like their most explosive player, right? Um, Gal Pitts is doing, you know, fine, I guess. Uh, he's, you know, I mean, I guess he's, uh, Russell Gage has sort of emerged, right? Like as, as this teams dedicate a lot of defensive personnel to stopping Kyle Pitts. Um I don't know, man. I mean, I I understand all of the arguments. Uh, this is gonna hurt me to break kayfabe here, but like, I understand all of the arguments that are pro pits. I'm I'm bullish on his future and I'm bullish on his outlook or whatever, right? But um, how much of this has the feeling of Ebron on the on the Lions? Uh, hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. A little bit. I think the difference there is that Pitts has at least given us some evidence this season that he's like a really explosive player. Whereas with Ebron, you know, he was playing on a bad team, but he also never really looked that good as a rookie. I don't know, man. Um, You know, if they wanted if they wanted someone to catch the ball and look explosive, there's like other guys like Jamar Chase or. Jalen Waddle, right? Jalen Waddle, who mm. got nine of eleven targets for ninety yards today, and he's just been doing this, man. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys like a little bit of a hint here, or a little bit of a secret. So, uh, ever since the receiver room kind of cleared out, I've been betting um, Jalen Waddle overs like a fish, 
receptions mm-hmm. and receiving yards overs and it just hits it just hits all the time man like uh, i think it was like five and a half this week and it hit and like i think the, the yards were 64 and a half and that hit it's just like he's been a printing press he's been really really like really really good and i think because two was early struggles really kind of dragged him down but they seem to have figured it out in offense he's really emerged man like 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 he looks like the real deal um you know so i wanted to get your thoughts there because from a like a pure receiver perspective, like uh, like you know, where, like like if that's who they wanted, like Atlanta wanted, like wouldn't you have rather had a Jamar Chase or a Jalen Waddle or you know ahead of, ahead of Pitts? It's like minor quibbles because they all went so so early, right? So I'm talking about guys at the top of the of the food chain anyway. But want to get your thoughts there? Yeah, no, that's tricky. I mean, I think that you know, in a vacuum, I guess if you're looking at two players who are about equally talented and one plays tight end and one plays receiver, you prefer the tight end. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I don't think the Falcons expected to be without Calvin Ridley for half the season. So there's, there's that. Yeah. Um, get well soon, yeah. Calvin. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It's a tough call. I think, uh, you know, tight end is a position that is, can be a little bit more valuable and from kind of a real football perspective, maybe. That's true. Yeah, these guys don't really grow on trees, huh? Yeah. But but, but I mean, conversely, conversely, Pat Freermuth has been pretty good, and, and we'll and we'll get yeah. to him in in, in in a little bit. Um, that's what that's what you we call in the industry a tease, um, <laughs> because there's a few other guys I really wanted to get your thoughts on, um, specifically one Mare. Kyler, who you know came back, he's been dealing with uh, with an ankle injury. Look, I'll be honest, looked pretty hobbled today. He mm-hmm. completed eleven of fifteen passes for one hundred and twenty two yards and two scores, but he also had ten rushes for fifty nine yards and two scores. Um, he broke the slate today, man. He broke the slate today. Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts here. Like, uh, you know, do you think Mare is going to be continuously limited going forward? Do you think he didn't need to do do a lot against the Bears here today? Like, what are your thoughts there? Uh, I don't think he's going to be limited to this extent. I mean, like you said, he didn't really need to do a lot. They were winning. You know, they were up. I want to say they were they were ahead like twenty one to ten going into the half or something like that. I can't remember, but um, yeah. I mean, James Conner also had a pretty good game. And when, you know, Murray's attempting 15 passes, I don't think that's because they're trying to keep him from overexerting himself or something. That's because they're uh, trying to, well, you know, trying to slow the game down, which isn't isn't necessarily what we want the Cardinals to do when you have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and stuff. But uh, Hopkins seemed to be gimpy today, man. He's still dealing with that hamstring. It felt like he was just out there getting a little bit of run. But... You know they yeah. didn't need to do a lot. I mean, they didn't need to do a lot to beat the Bears today. Uh, the right. Bears, the, I mean, the Bears went about beating themselves, frankly. Um, <laughs> Andy Dalton threw um, four picks. So yeah. he threw like four when the game was close, <laughs> right? Uh, David Montgomery did. I mean, this is going to be really tilting as hell to hear, but he did damn well, right? He had twenty-one carries for ninety yards and a score. He also caught eight of his nine targets for 51 yards. Um, Yeah, this was something that we've kind of been 
we've kind of been waiting for uh, him to do since he came into the league, right? Because that was, I think, probably the the part of his college profile that was the most intriguing. Like, otherwise, he didn't actually look like that good of a prospect. But he was a great receiver in college. I don't know, man. Have you seen that uh, that infographic that was like feet of Saquon Barkley and vision of Le'Veon Bell and 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 toughness of Ezekiel Elliott? Like, all I'm saying is that infographic might have been right, yeah. and we're just seeing it now. It takes a while to get as good as all those guys at the peak, and that's what we're getting here. And now we're getting it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah. you're right. Like, like, I don't like know there if you is, would, didn't, feet of Saquon Barkley might not be a thing you want, though. Uh, but his quads, man. Like, I think his quads put AJ <laughs> Dillon's quads to shame. Oh, well. AJ Dillon's quads are just the new quads in the block, though. Saquon's yeah. quads are the OG. There you go. It's like, uh, I guess, I guess it's like, um, you know, I don't know. I don't have a good example here. I'm really blanking on what a good on what a good thought would have been there just just for that because uh, I'm getting lost in all this quad talk. When realistically, the only quad um, I'm interested in talking about is the fourth round ADP on T Higgins, who went off today. He caught nine of fourteen targets for 138 yards and a score uh, in the Bengals' loss to the Chargers here. Um, and Boyd also did really well. Jamar Chase got into it a little bit after the the, the, the team fell behind. But man, like Higgins, uh, this is kind of the thesis, right? This is the thesis behind Higgins and why we were taking it where we were. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's interesting is that Higgins has been kind of leading the team in opportunity the entire season. And it's only been the last two weeks that he's actually been able to turn that into fantasy points. So, you know, from a certain perspective, we almost should have seen this coming. I mean, a lot of us, a lot of us did see it coming since we drafted him. Yeah, and you just have to keep rolling him out there, right? Like, like I mean, like yeah. this is like this is this is this is why we're doing what we do. We just see them getting volume. He's not his volume's not tar- like falling off. His expected points are the same. It's kind of stable. Now it's just he's just converting. He's catching the football. He's happening to be free. Like it's just the way it goes, right? Like um, volume is sticky. There's a reason why he was going. You know, I mean, like people people get it wrong with second year breakouts a lot, right? Um, but you know, the ones who go, who go early in ADP, most of the time they happen to be going for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, like you want to be more often than not, you're going to be want to be on those guys, right? So uh, that's what that, that that's what people were kind of lamenting, talking about ADP becoming you know sharper. Yeah. Um, and especially with someone like Justin Jefferson, who also started going early, right? And he, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, Jefferson had like a field day today right like he got 11 of his 14 targets for 182 yards and a score could have been much much bigger adam thielen left with what is supposed to be a high ankle sprain in the first quarter um blair like are you gonna be penciling in justin jefferson for 20 targets a game going forward and if not (laughs) why not uh well i mean the other thing about this game is that tyler conklin had nine targets right so um, Uh, that's the guy who you're who you're going to be penciling in Tyler Conklin and KJ Osborne. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a bummer that all of Thielen's tar- targets didn't just go straight to Jefferson. That they have to get them to a few of these guys a little bit lower down the well down the totem pole. But you see, you see, had they actually gone to Jefferson, the Vikings might have actually won instead of lo- losing to the Lions. Yeah, because the right. Lions are now one ten and one. 
That's right. Yeah, uh, I'm oh, just man. saying. I'm just saying talk about that more. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Like, had they just given him all the work, a 20 target game for Jefferson and the Vikings probably win this one. Yeah, that that's sounds all, right. That's all, that's all I'm saying. All that's all. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. All right. <laughs> he had 182 yards. Maybe he could have had. You know, if he 218. Had Maybe he would have had 218. That well, sounds like a winning, a winning yardage number for the Yeah, Vikings. I mean, all that's that's all I'm saying, right? Like you gave you gave Kini Noangu, real <laughs> person, three targets. You gave Didi Westbrook two targets. Just you know, just saying. Oh man, like that's five targets right there. You get to the nineteen that's targets, the past, and, you know. Then and then instead of giving CJ Ham the one target, you give it to Jefferson. He puts up two hundred and eighteen, probably another score. You know, you win it. I don't know. I don't know. You know, well, but Vikings, uh, what are you doing? but yeah. So I mean, Thielen does seem to be out for the in, like. If this is truly you know like a high ankle, like I think that that's a bad sign for him. Yeah. Uh, like even if the, he rushes back here, and it's a shame because the Vikes are in the playoff race. Um, but. I mean, this is sort of why he was going where he was going, and people were like, "Well, I have no interest in Jefferson. Jefferson that high," and it's like, "Well, all right, good luck. Enjoy <laughs> your, enjoy your whoever you're taking." Right. Um, so it is. So it is. It is going to be interesting because I do think I do think now with with with, with Cook, uh, you know, I mean, um, you know, hor- horrific shoulder injury. He's not. I think he's already been ruled out for this week. Um, you know, it really is wheels up for just like like Justin Jefferson league winner, like the kind of guy who you don't want to be facing or seeing in the finals. Right. I think that's right. I think um, I worry a little bit about what happens if the Vikings are facing a team that's a little bit better than the Lions and you have no feeling and you're trying to keep defenses from just taking Jefferson out of the game. Do you have the weapons that are capable of, you know, of making other teams pay for focusing on Jefferson? Maybe not. So, so I see it the other way around, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little similar to Jonathan Taylor, wherein Justin Jefferson is the bad matchup, right? <laughs> um, Godspeed to the defense trying to slow him down, man. Godspeed because well, he let's is. Hope so. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just a Jonathan Taylor, right? Like, like um, you know, yeah. you see the you you see this the bad matchups with Jonathan Taylor, and then you see him like just manhandling these human beings, and it's like that should not be legal. Mm-hmm. Like he's committing assault on my television against these like poor defensive linemen. That's going to be Justin Jefferson against cornerbacks and defensive backs. Like, like I am uh, probably going to have to uh, call. Oh shoot! It's going to be the Steelers going to Minnesota next week, so I'm gonna. I might have to actually preemptively uh, go down to the stadium here in Pittsburgh and warn the defensive backs that their lives are going to be <laughs> in grave danger this week. Just like beware the Ides of December. It's because it's like a public service that you have to do. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's like it's like in it's like how in Julius Caesar he was warned, you know, beware the Ides of March. 
you know, see the go. secondary. Beware the eyes of December, man. Beware the hands of Jefferson. Yep, exactly. Because um, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Julius Caesar or not, but Caesar dies. He was assassinated. <laughs> and that's what Justin Jefferson is going to do to all of these defensive backs. Like we're we're gonna be we're gonna be calling there's gonna be murder on our television screens on next Sunday night football. <laughs> and um, and the nothing we we can't do anything to stop it. And we and we shouldn't. We should uh Yeah. You know, for the sake of our fantasy teams, I think we should let this one go. Yeah, I mean, no jury would convict. Um that's 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 the way I think. Um but <laughs> um, uh I mean, kudos to Detroit, though. Sorry? No, I was just going to ask. I mean, I know you you talked about this, I think, with um, Solis and Devin. Uh, but is like Jefferson Jefferson now has got to be kind of the undisputed dynasty wide receiver one. Yeah, that's that's where it gets hard, right? Because this is sort of tiered up. Like, like I mean, if you're drafting your first ever dynasty. It was two weeks ago. Now, now I think yeah. you might have separated. I don't know. I, I don't think it is because you just I mean like if you're if you're a, whether whether you're a seasoned player or um or a, or or a newbie I still think you just got to do kind of what Sean says which is draft the guys you really want to draft right and like it, these are the guys you really, like I think they're really fun Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase AJ Brown CD Lamb like yeah like maybe you can make a case for Jefferson or whatever but that, you know like maybe trade back up get another guy why not what's the worst that could happen right. Like, yeah. um, like, cause like these guys are like, they're going to be <laughs> super, like, they, like they're superstars now, um, in, in, in the league. And, and, and again, and we, we all know the OBJ and Juju Smith-Schuster, like all of these like guys who started good young, and then they also kind of fade away, but there's hope for guys who do pop this early and they maintain their value. Like it's taken people. This long, it took him until this year to recognize that OBJ might not be worth what he is, and it took him one game against the Rams to get like sixty to seventy percent of his value back. Mm, yeah, like, like people spend a lot of time justifying his bad play, but then all of a sudden they just saw that you know, oh, he needs like a good QB, and he has one, and <laughs> it's like, no man, his 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 his, his uh, performances have been. He's had one or two or three of these like a year, but like, you know, it's it's not common. And again, like his his values maintained high, and you know, so it's from a dynasty perspective, yeah, like, like yeah, like if 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 you were to put a gun to my head and say like rank these guys, give them a number, yeah, for just Jefferson, like one, like I mean, yeah. you just I mean, you you can't you can't not. Um, uh, I I do think the Lions did well in large part not only because they got Josh Reynolds, you know, from the Titans who's been doing really well. But, yeah, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown really came into his own today. He had 12 targets, 10 catches, 86 yards, and a score. Um, he was a really, really favorite target of mine in, in best ball really late. He was uh, Rodovis Darling as a late-round flyer, similar to uh, Kenny Galladay all those years ago, who was a third-rounder <laughs> in, in, in rookie drafts, if you if you recall. You know, so what is your take here on, on, on uh, Amon Ross St. Brown? And, like, is he, you know, like... Do the, the Lions now have the makings of an actual respectable receiver group? Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but um, yeah, I think uh, Amon Ra was someone who was getting probably not 
as much buzz as he should have gotten coming into the league, right? Coming into the fantasy season as someone who, um, you know, didn't have an amazing college resume, but he was one of the top recruits out of high school. He was an early declare from USC. Um, so he had, there were a lot of aspects of his profile that looked really good. And uh, we're kind of seeing that come to fruition now. Um, it's only one game, obviously, but he looked, he looked really good in this game. Um, I don't know if this is enough to say the Lions have a respectable wide receiver core when you're also running out Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond and stuff. I think, I think Josh um, Reynolds, I think, I think Josh Reynolds is pretty good. Um, you know, he was signed by, by the Titans in free agency to another contract. And then I think he got pretty upset about the Julio thing and just sort of stopped wanting to play and they mm. shipped him off. Right. Um, yeah. Also, I want to issue a Mia Kalpa and a little bit of a important news following up on that Adam Thielen item. Um, so Adam Thielen did suffer a high ankle sprain. He is undergoing further tests uh, tomorrow uh, or today, which is Monday, to determine how much time he's going to miss. The Vikings play the Steelers on Thursday night, so we will be witnessing murder on Thursday, not on Sunday. Ah, so you got to get to the stadium earlier. Yeah, I got to get down there like tomorrow. I mean, I got to get there like they're probably leaving soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might. I I might have to catch them. I think some of them listen to the show. So if you just say it now, it might be good. Yeah. Guys, I know you might have beat the Ravens today, but you're going to be killed on national (laughs) television on Thursday night. Just accept it. Say goodbye to your loved ones before you leave for Minnesota. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, we've kind of we've talked about the Steelers and uh, kind of what's going to happen to them next week, but can we talk a little about what they did this week and how uh, the Ravens blew this game? Yeah, for sure. So this is this is the game that you know we get on 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 on, on TV here. It's the game I could hear. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 pretty cold, so like um, my door my door is shut, but my uh, my neighbor below was. Uh, Loud enough so I knew what was happening. Um, yeah, I mean Deontay Johnson just sort of turned on the Jets, man. Like, yeah. like this, like he just really erupted down the stretch. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he got eight of his eleven targets for 105 yards and and, and two TDs. Right, and it really was the catalyst behind why they won. Um, it's a little bit of a shame because, you know, in that FFPC Pentagon team, we have Chase Claypool and he mm-hmm. was kind of sidelined. It is, um, uh, you know, it, it, it says a lot about Ben, Ben Roethlisberger and the fact that he's out there throwing ducks when Ray McLeod is getting like, you know, four targets because of how shallow his, his ADOT is um, because he's a yak guy or the fact that, you know, Najee gets five targets. Uh, almost at the primary read, even where Pat Freermuth gets his targets, right? Because like J.S. Claypool is the only one getting these ludicrous deep targets. Um, ben Roethlisberger, you know, said that, oh, I'm going to be like leaving this in my last year. And it's like, well, your last year should have been like three and a half years ago, bro. <laughs> like, 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 like never have I seen, um, like, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit like the extended Eli Manning farewell tour, but like in this case, Ben Roethlisberger wasted three years and, Several very, very good Steelers teams yeah. <laughs> from like, he single-handedly prevented them from doing anything and it's, uh, got them in a gap situation so poor that it's quite likely that they're never going to really, I mean, like they might actually not, like this team will be competitive even with a good quarterback, but not Super Bowl competitive because of how the gap has been left so they could continue to play to his ego. Yeah. So that's just a fun aside. Um, the Ravens, um, I, God bless them. I have no idea what the heck they're doing when they with the, with the game plan. Um, to to uh, to to paraphrase, Court uh, Smith, uh, you know, f- former editor at Rotoviz and and a friend of the site, he said that the Ravens have been treating Lamar like uh, Dan Marino all season. He threw thirty seven passes, you know, completed twenty three of them, two fifty three yards. Didn't really rush as much as you would have thought. Devonta Freeman, they're giving him a lot of a lot of work, despite him being not nowhere near as effective as Lamar as a rusher. Um, you know, they were force feeding the ball to Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Almost nothing to Rashad Bateman. It's weird seeing Devin Duvernay come on, and Sammy Watkins get six targets. There's no reason for Sammy Watkins to get six targets. Um, this game, like most Steelers games, was was a thriller which is weird to say because of how bad a team the Steelers have been, but the, the <laughs> games have been exciting. The games have been exciting. Um, the Bears, uh, you can see Justin Field ascend. The, the Island game against the Chargers in this one really was went, was, was, was interesting to watch. Um, so, the, so the Steelers scored. Uh, you know, they had, they, they had a missed PAT. 
and uh, they need they needed a touchdown to basically uh, a touchdown and a successful two point conversion to make this a seven point game, which they did. Um, the Ravens marched on the field, instantly scored, and instead of taking a um, you know kicking the bat for uh, and playing for OT. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually tried to end it there and then, and then, and it was a target to Mark Andrews and Mark Andrews just came up short. Yeah. Mark Andrews all alone in the open field would have, would have been 100% a TD. He just drops a sitter off a ball from like Lamar, yeah. like it, like, like 99% of the time, or maybe even higher, 99.9% of the time he catches that. He just dropped this sitter. Like, it was like a howler of a drop to where it was like. Ooh, it's the one that we're going to hear them talk about a lot. And and um, I know a lot of people talk about going for two and, and, and going for two a lot. But I, I think that this is the one time I would have considered going to play for OT because the Ravens are the more talented offense. And I think if you wanted to go offense to offense, why not, right? Yeah, that makes sense. I think, um, you know, they were – it's a tough call when you're playing on the road, right, and you – your offense hasn't necessarily been super efficient. Like Mark Andrews hadn't looked, he had dropped a couple other passes earlier in the game. I know. Um, So yeah, it's a tough call. I think, you know, yeah, I I, I still think think it's easy to play. It's easy to like, you know, because it wasn't a successful conversion, it's easy to say, well, that wasn't a very good call. Whereas if they had made it, that wouldn't even come up. But. No, I know, but I think I think I still think they should have. Like, I mean, they, I, I I still think that the only reason they should have gone for OT was because mm-hmm. their team, their offense is better. Like yeah. if you you know, like they would have been able to easily march back down the field and score. I in, in my opinion, and, and I've iced this thing. But then again, they're out here giving Devonta Freeman eight targets, and you know, I mean, he did well yeah. with them. He he caught five of them forty five yards. But you know, I mean, what on earth are you guys doing? Yeah, no, I mean, it does speak to kind of how out of the norm this was for the Ravens in terms of, like, game plan. I mean, what you see, it's unheard of for a Ravens running back to get this many targets with Lamar at quarterback because what you see is he's either running or he's throwing downfield. He's not looking to check down. If he's going to check down to a running back, he's just going to run it himself. So... Yeah, very strange to see Freeman get this many targets. Maybe um, because of the way the Steelers were defending, it was harder to find those downfield looks, which may have played into why they decided to try to end the game there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like they looked like they looked good to me. Like I, I, I like the offense. They just the offense has felt out of sync this year, and it's mm-hmm. weird because yeah. because. Um, they almost have too many mouths, if that makes sense, and <laughs> and and they seem to be going away from a lot of the RP the RPO stuff that it's really been working. Like they t- like Lamar really should have been running a little bit more than he was. Like maybe they took it a little bit too easy on the on the Steelers, and they you know messed around and found out, right? Yeah, it's weird. Like we don't, you know, pretty much nobody in the analytics community wants to say that running backs really matter. But I wonder how different this team would look if Dobbins were healthy. Like if they had a guy who could actually be a threat running the ball. Yeah. So a lot of the analytics community is um, walking that back, right? So, you know, I mean, they're saying when you watch Jonathan Taylor, it's hard to. Yeah. Well, they were saying, 
they were saying Derrick Henry matters and it's like yeah. oh, Jonathan Taylor matters and it's like I mean, we're just going to slowly come to the point where people are going to be like, oh, yeah, no, like there's like we're just coming to the point where the analytics community is going to be seen as too like like legitimately too slow to have understood what the free market or like the market has been telling them. There's a mm-hmm. reason why these guys get paid. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you yes. know, like, like like it's very difficult to sit on the outside and armchair quarterback a lot of these you know front office decisions when um a lot of the guys now are frankly very data driven and i'll be pretty honest with you have um come from backgrounds that are legitimately very very impressive um like i know the former steelers guy was the head of predictive analytics for lionsgate entertainment and now he's i think the head of analytics for like the minnesota twins or something right so the former guy who like scouted guys like bell and and brown and stuff (laughs) you know i mean so like like these are guys who are titans of industry coming to go play, you know, in, in, in the NFL. And, 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 and there's a reason why, you know, most NFL teams are pretty quiet about their own data analytics teams. Although I think all of them have staffers. Cause I know, I know the Steelers who, who are quantitatively had to have a quant focus a little bit, I guess, in a sense, mm-hmm. they did grab a guy from, from the Titans, but I think the Titans, you know, are seen as not having a, a, a data staff, but I know for a fact that they do. Yeah. So it's like it's it's interesting or or the Jags and stuff. There's a reason for them to keep this stuff quiet, um, yeah. you know, because a lot of these transactions and these contracts are important. Like you set the precedent, right? And so like the, all this right. stuff is is interesting because they they have access to a ton of data that we don't, right? right. Like like sure they use PFF and all these other things, but they also have access to proprietary metrics. Um, then that's not going to be shared. Yeah. It's just not right. it's just not it's not going to be shared. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. It's interesting, right? So like so like like the only thing we can say from that from that perspective is there is a reason why some smart teams do pay for them, right? Like so, no, so, so there's dumb there's dumb things, right? Like like drafting Saquon where he went, or you know, you know, drafting running backs in the first and then the massive extensions they give or whatever. But like some of it is, is like whatever. Like it's kind of it's gen- generally irrelevant um in in the long run because you know, really good running backs open that up and to the into your point. Yeah, I agree. Dobbins would have been yeah. a hell of a, a hell of a guy, right? And there's a reason and why a guy even, like Austin Eckler got paid, right? Yeah, yeah. Even intuitively, like if you yeah. are playing defense against the Ravens and you see Dobbins lined up in the backfield versus Devontae Freeman, yeah. you're a little more keyed in on them possibly breaking off a big run, right? So Oh yeah. I mean, you just have to defend them differently. You can go. Just, you can go pretty far down narrative street here, but there's definitely a difference in how a defense plays when you're facing a running back that you think is good. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't even narrative. This is like real life, yeah. right? Because because yeah. I've had a chance to talk to some NFL players who say the same stuff. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they talk about it like this, right? They, they discuss what they do on offense or defense or game plan a lot like this. Um, which is interesting because they just, I mean, and the, the the difference is they, they're given these massive domes of like analytic stuff that they need to read and consume. Mm-hmm. They know that they know the tendencies of each player. They scout it out. And then they just know that their job is to execute when, when come game day. Right. So yeah, I mean, I agree with all of this. It's, it's, it's genuinely interesting watching that. Um, yeah. Or at least, or at least, or at least thinking about these, these broader macro items. Cause it's not, I mean, you know, there, there are probably a few teams in the league who, where the game has truly just left them in the dust. And there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of the, I mean, 
a lot of it is there's probably a lot more parity in the league because teams are getting more intelligent. There's a reason behind yeah. it. Right. Is you know there's a reason why why we're here. Um which makes this next team's decision making all the more baffling. Um mm-hmm. because the Niners, the Niners, you know, I mean George Kittle went ham today, right? Nine of twelve targets for 181 yards and two scores. But the Niners, they went out and lost to the you know the, the Seahawks, who are um who are legitimately one of the teams where I think the game has passed by. Um yeah. So I wanted to get your thoughts here, right? So this is the first, you know, Debo's out possibly for this week as well. Um, and and Ayuk didn't really see much run. So is this is this George Kittle's time, dude? Like, is this it? Is this where we finally get even on this guy who's been a real pain in, in, in the butt? Well, it's about time, right? I mean, I think Only that... Only took him three years to get back there, right? I know. I think that... Uh... He, he was waiting until my teams were eliminated from the playoffs to decide to to be good. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously we know Kittle is talented. Like he's an athletic freak and he's uh, he's done it before. So it's just a matter, I guess, you know, part of me thinks that a quarterback like Garoppolo can't really support too many guys at once can't really make too many too many guys real fantasy forces at the same time um and we kind of saw that today so i think you know having debo be out makes a big difference for how how the other guys are going to perform um yeah we've seen him support guys like uh, ayuk and kittle in in weeks past but i think it just comes down to you know, players having to be really efficient, just really efficient on whatever target volume they get, which Debo has been. Like Debo's been playing way out of his skin like this entire year from an efficiency perspective. Um, he just catches everything and then rolls up the yak, right? Like, um, and uh, yeah, it, it is interesting. I think I think Ayuk probably bounces back next week. I mean, like with with, with Kittle, get you know, Garoppolo passed the ball thirty times. Um, Kittle had 12 of those targets Ayuk had six uh this was kind of a bad loss there for the for the for the Niners because they were kind of like leading and then they just couldn't get on the board at all in the second half like they just took two donuts and lost to the to, to, to the Seahawks um which is kind of surprising so the so Seahawks seem to be done with the Alex Collins era as well and mm-hmm. they welcomed in um they welcomed in Adrian Peterson they activated him from the practice squad today um and this is what i mean about you know them being kind of a lost just sort of lost in the in the just a, a team that the, that the, that the game has left behind right yeah so adrian peterson uh, i don't know did you watch the game at all i didn't see much of this game right. um so 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 just knowing that adrian peterson was activated from the practice squad today how many carries do you think he got well i've seen the box score Oh, okay. All right. So I know that he led the team in carries. Like, yeah. <laughs> kind of ridiculous. After being activated today. Yeah. Street free um, agent, septuagenarian. You, know, <laughs> you, almost expect, you almost expect nothing less from, from the Seahawks. Like if you told me it was the Seahawks, Adrian Peterson was activated today. Yeah. Well, of course, he led the team in carries. Yeah, the, the the only follow up question I'd have is like, does it, like like does Pete Carroll think like Adrian Peterson is twenty seven <laughs> or does he think he's thirty seven? Right, <laughs> like that's like the only follow up because um, 
man, the, he looked bad. Like, I mean, I just look bad, but like Travis yeah. Homer looked explosive. I mean, unfortunately he's too small to really get, or maybe Pete just sees him as too small to really get a massive workload. They seem to be, they just seem to refuse to rearrange the offense to where they're going to be throwing a lot of passes. Um, yeah. I mean, Wilson attempted 37 passes in this one and, you know, he wasn't great in terms of like efficiency, but, um, you know, Lockett and Metcalf each had eight targets, which is not maybe what you hope, but it's not terrible. No. Um, I think, yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's really not what you want, man. Although, although Travis Homer seems to be, you know, he got five targets, so he might be worth actually adding in PPR. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think Homer's definitely worth adding. I mean, you know, it, we see running backs sometimes get targets in this offense, and if Collins is not going to be a thing. Um, I don't think he's. I don't think we're yeah. going to see him again this year. Peterson's not going to be getting targets. Rashad Penny played a lot in this one, and he did have one target, and he looked good. Like he took it for twenty-seven yards, but um, is know, he, he is he still healthy? Is he still healthy? <laughs> After that, he played the whole game, right? He made it through the game without getting injured. Well, that's a first. Yeah, uh, so maybe we're seeing the the rise of Rashad Penny now. Um, if he can get through one game, right next he'll get through like one month, and then ah, sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. Yeah, um, for a four and eight First team, pick. yeah, four and eight team that's eliminated from the playoffs. Sky is the limit. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, and then and then I will say Dwayne Eskridge actually. Got on the board three for he got three of his three targets with thirty five yards and a score. He's well off the he's well off the redraft radar, but you know this gives a little bit of a little bit of a breather into his dynasty stock, right? Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't, I didn't have much interest this year, and I don't think he's done anything in as a rookie to convince me that I was wrong. So I'm probably going to be staying away next year too. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of with you. Uh, I mean, I know I wasn't in on Kadarius Tony, and then Kadarius Tony had two really right. awesome weeks, and then he's sort of been a nothing since then. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's getting the targets, right? Uh, I don't actually. I'd have to pull <sighs> up what he did this week. No, but... uh, Tony's missed the last two weeks with injury. Oh, really? Yeah, he's been out with injury. They're vibing. You can get away with not paying attention to the Giants. Yeah, there's. I mean, free agent bust. Kenny Galladay has done nothing. Right. Um, Daniel Jones does nothing. We don't see much from Saquon, unfortunately, either. Uh, Evan Ingram still he's still around, like a donut. I mean, it's just not a good team, man. Like it's just there's not much to say. Um, I, I do want to get your takes on 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 seeing Gardner Minshew back under center for the Eagles because he breathed you know life back into Dallas Godert who, oh man, rocked us for like thirty points, thirty plus FFPC yeah. points. Yeah, Ruiner he lives. also breathed new life back into Kenny Gainwell who we left on our bench. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just played him over Zeke. I don't know what we we're doing, <laughs> but those those Kenny Gainwell best ball shares, baby. What are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, it's definitely nice to see Minshew come in and play well and make guys we like play well. Like um, Gainwell looked like he was probably going to be just a total bust playing with Jalen Hurts. So 
Um, this kind of gives me some hope for Gainwell and um, hope for Goddard. So I think I don't, I so Minshew is not like the long-term answer in Philadelphia. So I don't really know. Minshew's not even the short-term answer in Philadelphia. Come yeah, on. Right. I mean, I mean, <laughs> this is it. Like this, it was the Jets. It was the yeah. Jets. Yeah. Um, like I don't think Minshew should get another start. We already, we, yeah. we, we, we already, we already saw the Jags commit fully to Minshew, and he face planted so badly. People were embarrassed and tried to distance themselves from their takes. <laughs> and these same people are coming out of the woodwork to victory lap this now. Yeah, like they didn't want to take their lumps last year. But they're coming back for this this year. For this Take one game. the L. Take the L. Although, although you know what? There might be president here to say Minshew probably might be better than Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, uh, no, I mean, I mean, I'm just trolling, but Zach Wilson has shown more than Trevor Lawrence has this year. Um, and that might, um, that, that probably not even is even a hot take at this point. I think, I mean, I mean, it might be a hot take to some people who are still anchoring to, to, uh, you know, draft capital and like call it make collegiate stuff. But, um, yeah, that's hard to say. Cause it's not like Wilson has looked that good either. No, in the games he's played, but I don't think it's, it's certainly not a hot take to say that. Mac Jones might be the best quarterback in this class. No, it's not not at all. Um, Wilson and uh, Trevor Lawrence have very similar completion percentages, um, very similar depth of target. Um, and I'm just pull up the uh, yeah, and similar QBRs. Yeah. Um, which. Not great. Mm-hmm. Um, although, just to if we are talking rookie quarterbacks, uh, you know, and just going back to what we discussed about Dalton and his four picks, they got to turn. They they, they got to give it back to the, the, the starting job right back to Fields the second he's healthy, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think even if Dalton had played well, you would still would expect Fields yeah. to the start again. But I mean, with with uh, with Dalton looking even worse than he has in the past. Yeah, I don't well, think there's a chance. Well, I mean, they, it's not but, like but Fields has it. been good as a passer, but Fields at least can make things happen with his legs, right? Which helps. I, no, there. I don't know, man. Like, 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 and that was the thing is that like Fields looked really good against the Steelers, um, like a few a few weeks ago. Yeah, like like he single handedly like made us optimistic that A Rob could have been back. He you know made Cole Komet and some big. He made a lot of big boy throws, mm-hmm. right? Like NFL, NFL, like franchise caliber level, like this is what you want to see out of a player throws. Um, and then, you know, I mean, sure, the, the Bears kind of played the Ravens stuff for Dalton or whatever, right? Like after after Fields got bopped early and had to leave. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Dalton played fine in, in relief or whatever. But like the Ravens were also starting Tyler Huntley that game, right? Like before Thanksgiving, if you remember. And then on Thanksgiving, they, you know, squeaked out a victory against the lions right and 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 dalton played well the second he faced like a real defense like in in the cardinals he just right that's the other thing i don't think i don't think i mean yeah the ravens were 
also with a backup quarterback, and I don't think their defense is actually. They're not good. It's not good. No, and I think we know are not good. So yeah, yeah, and they struggled to beat them. Matchups. Oh uh, well, here's here's some breaking news, and it's unfortunate. Logan Thomas likely tore his ACL and MCL in Week 13. He took a helmet to the knee in the fourth quarter. It seems to be the worst case scenario. This is per Adam Schefter. It seems to be the worst case scenario. Uh, Logan Thomas will undergo further testing. Um, man, that's a shame. That's a damn shame yeah. because he did really Over. well today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess Seals Jones wasn't active, right? But I yeah. think he he had practiced this week. So um, he'll probably be back next week. And yeah. I guess he'll he'll be he'll be the guy going forward. Um, eh. Yeah, that is a bummer for for Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he looked good today. Um, I, I I don't think I care all that much about about Ricky Seals Jones. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think I think if Everett's out there, you get Everett. I think. Um, I mean, I mean, Seals Jones is fine in a pinch, but like you know, there's other guys, Komet, Everett, like all these guys are just sort of oh. thing. You know, I I am interested more in in seeing you know more Terry F1 targets. It's kind of frustrating that he's only sure. getting like a handful. <laughs> But this is, you know, similar to at the top of the show when we were talking about Godwin and Evans. Like, just, just you got to be patient, keep rolling him out there because I think he's in for a like. Unfortunately, with Logan Thomas missing the rest of the season, I think he's in for a big game, man. Like, I mean, a, a yeah. big, a big, a big, a really big down the stretch here. Yeah, for sure. This was actually a really interesting game too because uh, McKissick was out. Yeah, Garrett Patterson played, but I mean, Antonio Gibson basically was like. Yeah, the guy like he had six targets, which is I don't even know that could be a career high for him, but it's something that we've been hoping to it, right? Something that we've been hoping he would add to his game before long. It only took an injury to JD McKissick, which is almost laughable that Gibson couldn't couldn't beat him out for targets. But um, Riverboat Ron, yeah. man, he he compared he compared both right. of them to CMC, so. <laughs> right. Um, um, I, I I was you know so this is kind of like the upside case that 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 Karen and all were making for Gibson as a standalone pick early. So my question is, will you be in on Gibson again in his yeah, you know at his second round ADP <laughs> next year? Um, probably not at his second round ADP. I think I'd be. I don't know. I wasn't drafting a lot of him this year. And part of it was because, um, I mean, it was mostly because McKissick was still there and still the guy that they wanted to give targets to. So um, the kind of makeup of the backfield going into next season, I think will make a big difference unless we see Gibson really come on strong and start to, you know, continue to get a lot of targets down the stretch here. Then I might, then it might change what I'm thinking. Like if he's, if he looks like a guy who has like 10 receiving expected point upside um, on a week to week basis, then yeah, then he, I think he can make sense even in the first round. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, even with, it doesn't matter who's under center though. Like, like I mean, yeah, as, as, as the, I mean, it doesn't right. Because the, as DeAndre Swift has shown us, 
explosive running backs are explosive running backs, man. You got to get your playmaker the, the ball and then let them do what they do. In fact, uh, uh, you might almost prefer oh, yeah. for Washington to have a bad quarterback and not be that good because then they're going to have to throw to the running backs more. So for sure, uh, it almost helps his value to to not have, you know, to not have a good quarterback. We, that's kind of what we've seen with Swift. Really, what we've seen with Najee Harris, um, what we've seen with CMC for the last few years. Really, yeah. I mean, CMC is also a bit of a black hole, right? Like because when he like like it's just such a shame because a lot of the quarterbacks that like, get so fixated on treating him like the primary read. But he like catches these like short dump off passes and almost kind of gets nowhere with it. Like he gets like these like racks up like ten to twelve PPR points just from catches alone, and he gets like forty eight mm. yards like barely. Right? Like it's just really frustrating in that regard. Um, and I yeah. think it's been very it's been very very obvious when you see him on and off the field, which is unfortunate for him because he has been getting hurt a lot. Yeah. The other guy, uh, the other guy was going to say the explosive running back with a bad quarterback, um, Cordell Patterson. Please get on the ball more in the receiving game, for the love of God. Right? I mean, who else are you going to throw to? It's, uh, I mean. They're throwing to Russell Gage. I know. Sorry. At this point, like at this point, um, I guess. They're back uh, to throwing to Russell Gage, It's weird to man. say, but I do think you'd rather have, you'd rather have Patterson be getting targets than Russell Gage. Yeah, let him, let him roll up the yak, man. Yeah. Let him roll it up. There's a reason why they were able to beat teams in the early going when they were feeding Cordell Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, outside of that, I think that, that about would uh, do it for this edition of the fancy football report. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, well, be Welcome sure back. to, uh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Be sure to, uh, what do you have to do again? Rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe Spotify. and like our YouTube channel, Spotify too, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Come join us next week if you're someone who's listening and want to, you know, would rather join in live instead of watching whatever happens to be on TV around this time. I don't even know. I don't yeah, think there's anything on, right? We are going to be having a guest uh, on next week, Michael Hitchcock. All right, um, Awesome. Yeah, and I, I, I do promise that, uh, you know, there's there, there's typically nothing going on on Sunday nights, uh, you know, at 9 p.m. Um, <laughs> so 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 I do encourage Especially everyone if, to come out. Yeah, no, nothing football fans would want to be watching. Yeah, I mean, look, 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 you guys need to come over here, banter with us, or you could be watching Los Angeles at Arizona. I don't know about Los you guys. Uh, the Rams. Mm-hmm. I think I'd Stafford is a broken man. Stafford is a broken man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Murray has a broken ankle. <laughs> All right. On that note, we will say goodbye. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for tuning in. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.